0: Quiet
1: on the set. Okay, everybody, quiet
0: on the set. Scene one, take ten, marker.
2: Of WHUPLP Hillsboro. Welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, are you sure you want to be experienced? Virtual reality truther, parent of Rick and Morty, Justin Royland is with us. Welcome. Murmur. Welcome back to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo. I am the founder of the Modern School of Film and thrilled each week to come uh, live and direct to you at WHUPLP Hillsboro. You can also hear us on iTunes. We're downloadable evergreen on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. The, um, our website is murmurradio.com. One word, murmurradio.com. We have an email, murmurradio at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a note. Let us know what you're up to. Talk to us. Uh, tell a friend. We also have social handles at MSF Murmur. At MSF Murmur. Follow us, Instagram us. Say, hey. Is anybody alive out there? Yes. We know you're listening. Come on. Admit it. You listen to us. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Welcome back. Justin Royland is with us today. Uh, he is up to plenty of no good and also plenty of great, great, and good, good. So I'm uh, really excited to speak with Justin today about things virtual and less virtual and who knows what Justin We'll come up with today. Uh, before we jump in, I want to let you know. For those of you listening, we will be in Boston uh, at the Sinclair March first uh, with Glenn Hansard. Uh, we're going to host Glenn as part of our In Pictures series. Uh, you can get tickets through our website, which is the Modern School. it's Sorry, it's ModernSchoolFilm dot com. You can get tickets ModernSchoolFilm dot You can also get it through the Sinclair Boston website. And come March 1st, we're going to talk with Glenn, really smart singer-songwriter. Come up to me and say hi. Uh, Shake my hand, have a drink, and enjoy the program. Glenn is going to talk about the movies that have inspired him in his life and his career. Today, the virtual world. Uh, Yesterday, the virtual world. Tomorrow, the virtual world. I'm forever thinking and wondering what the one form of media and moving interaction is going to be a sort of portal or a gateway drug into life in the future. Virtual reality may be it. And what I mean is it has some of the dog-earing of film in the way film started. Film started as a science experiment, then it graduated to a kind of carnival-esque Presentation Nickelodeon machines, where you played paid a nickel to an arcade and you could watch Nickelodeons, which were those boxes. You put your head in, you cranked it, and you saw uh, imagery. You saw moving imagery. You you also they were meant to play in reverse too, so the images were also sort of circular, or the storylines were circular, so you can do it back and forth. Like a like a, a typical storyline was a, a a brick wall being destroyed because it was equally charismatic when you played it backwards because it was rebuilt and it was a happy ending after all that gave way to longer form cinema, which people were clamoring for and distribution models, which are changing again. We won't get into that today, but I think uh virtual reality has some of that same signage attached to it. It's starting as technology certainly, but I think it's quickly graduating into this almost, Democratic presentation model, arcade based. Yes, there are virtual reality arcades popping up. It's also showing. So it's it's showing itself through gaming, the gaming world, but also through the cinema world. The word that keeps popping up to me, which film isn't, cinema isn't, uh, virtual reality architects use the word experience a lot. It's not a game. It's not a movie. There's no ticking clock. It has those elements, but it is an experience. That's the word. So that word begs further definition. Rather, the question becomes, does one want to merely experience something? virtual reality right now is an experience it you know a game is an experience a f- a film is not an experience going to see a movie is not an experiment experience experiments that's a good word experiment and experience experiments it, it simply is not it's it's it, it relies on its its shallowness for lack of a better word it, 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 rel- it relies on the fact that it's going to end an experience is an a, the illusion of reality so To go back to your initial premise, will virtual reality give way to something larger in our world, in our society? Remains to be seen. I think one of the reasons people are so turned on by it is that it's a desirable look for our world, a virtual world is sort of a desirable idea, whether it can be a scientific reality, we don't know. Film films often present these sort of ideal states in you know, moving images i was reading um uber uh recently hired a 30-year-old nasa engineer to ha- to be their first ever director of aviation so uber has a aviation division and my nerdy brain goes right to blade runner and spinning cars so Cinema or entertainment Experiential forms Can often be inspirational Forms but where do those Inspirational forms take us do they take Us into practical places can we have Spinning cars the answer is yes how Long will it take we don't know certainly Um, Virtual reality Virtual worlds may Simply be another Form of Pleasure Maybe Another form of escape And 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 yet again, that's how virtual reality connects it to cinema. So I think the purists among us, if we're forced to look at future forms, or science becoming a future form, virtual reality is particularly attractive. I know I've spoken to a lot of modern creators and creators with longer pedigrees, and they seem to all be equally turned on by virtual reality. So I think that's a sign that it does have a lot of DNA edge in the birth of cinema. You know, the ironic thing is what's happening to cinema now? What's happening to movies now? So, the question that we can't ask yet because it hasn't arrived is will virtual reality last? How long will it last? We're afraid to ask that question because we don't want to get in the way of innovation. Taking a longer view, though, it is a fair question because cinema is finding a wall now. Cinema spaces, cinema experiences are finding a wall that I don't think they perceived. Well, maybe they did were perceived, but they weren't minded and they, they weren't feared. What happens to cinema next? Does it become virtual reality? Do narrative creators work in in the in that palette, virtual reality palette? Well, Spielberg is starting to Lucas now has a virtual reality division. Uh, other filmmakers are taking that on that challenge on. But again, what is it all for? Is it in the service of experience? Is it in the service of storytelling? It can be both, but does it represent a bigger tornado coming or change coming, uh, which is the way we live day to day? Justin Roiland is with us to sort some of these things out, uh, but first this.
1: Intellectual decay! Turn it off and your brain! Hey, so the Puttermans
3: you know. are just a hey, typical hey, hey, American family. The only thing they're missing is a pet but have we got a surprise for them? You see, Stanley Putterman's new satellite TV has just gone on the blink. And it's drawn in a creature from outer space. Like all new pets, this one's causing a little trouble around the house. And he's eating the Puttermans out of house and home. In fact, it seems like this creature will eat anything. Well, just about anything.
1: She looked right at my studs and cooled out. This dude's into metal!
3: Now, it's up to the kids to break the creature of its bad habits. I said, shut up! But he's not responding well to discipline. Earth, children, please. I mean you no harm. I am Plutar, here to save you. The Padamans finally got themselves a pet, but they never even had a chance to give it a name. Terror Vision, from Empire Pictures.
4: In the year 2005 of our life, L'homme n'est pas poussière si l'oiseau vit à l'air des rivières. En l'année 3005 de notre ère, qui peut parler de paradis ou d'enfer? Tout ce que tu fais, penses et dis dans les Pilule, tu l'as appris En l'année 4005 de notre ère Avoir des yeux, des temps, A quoi ça sert Qui aura-t-il A mâcher Et qui pourras-tu Regarder En l'année 5005 de notre ère Tes bras tombent vers la terre Tes jambes n'ont plus Rien à faire
2: When I first visited Amsterdam, I did shrooms. I mean, let's get right to it. And in my hotel room, the TV was on, and I was watching Ren and Stimpy. And I was convinced of two things. Uh, One, that Stimpy's nose, which is blue. I actually never noticed it was blue. Everywhere it pointed, I looked. So I thought Stimpy was sort of showing me a path way. So everywhere the nose pointed in every cell, I thought, oh, follow, follow, follow. So that was one revelation. The other revelation I had was I think every creator of animation came up with their idea under the influence. I'm fully convinced of that. Um, further to my homework here, uh, we have one of the big brains of animation to settle this idea. Um, in the words of uh the philosopher scientist Rick Sanchez to his uh, protege Mortimer Smith Senior quote I really Cronenberged the world up. Well, today's guest has been Cronenberging for several years, and now he wants to Cronenberg um, some virtual reality Cronenberg, which is probably the scariest Cronenberg of all. Please welcome to Murmur into the Modern School of Film, Mr. Justin Roiland. Justin, how are you, man? Welcome.
0: Good, thank you. Uh, um for having
2: me. Squanch to meet you, truly. <laughs> S- so settle this. I'll lay off all the bad Rick and Morty jokes because I'm sure you're not sick of them. But uh, settle this debate for me. So I was talking about being in Amsterdam watching Ren and Stimpy and convinced that most major important bits of animation are made while doing shrooms or LSD. Is that, just say true or fa- I mean basically true or false, and then we can move on to, to the, to the <laughs> uh, next. <laughs> false, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. False. I thought I had something, man. I was I was convinced Stimpy's nose was telling me where to go. But no, alas. <laughs> no. Oh, man.
0: No, animation is too long a process. You'd be sober by the time you got to the...
2: <laughs> it's a good way to ruin a high, basically. It's a good way to come yeah, down exactly. from a high. Um, I want to talk to you and not talk about uh, Rick and Morty and really dive a little more deeply into your VR world. I totally agree with your new enthusiasm and passion for this form. I think it's a, I hate the term game changer, but somehow we skipped over robots and now we're into virtual reality. Tell me a little bit about when virtual reality really started to like hook into you and say, oh, this is the craft. This is the storytelling method that's really turning me on now.
0: Um, You know, it it was around the time when season two of Rick and Morty premiered.
2: So twenty fifteen. Like,
0: yeah, twenty fifteen. No, no. Yeah, twenty fifteen. No. So I, I had <clears throat> I had gotten the DK one. Um, I was one of the one of the early like I, I had gotten on. I, I somehow lucked out in finding out about that Kickstarter very early. Anything VR? I was like, holy shit! This is. Can we swear by the way?
2: Yeah, I don't care. That's fine,
0: right? Yeah. Who cares? Okay. No one's listening. Um, I I was like, holy shit! <laughs> uh, exactly. No, no. Um, I I, I I was I watched that Kickstarter and I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Um, you know, I mean, no one else was offering me any options to at the time to 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 have a a VR headset. So so I, I jumped on that um, when that came. It was definitely you know the first time putting that on, going into the Tuscany villa. Um, you know, I I, I was I was screaming. I yeah. was like I was. And, and Harmon too. I, I, I put Dan in it. Same thing. He was screaming. I mean, he was just he was just yelling like like a lunatic. Both of us were when we first tried it. Um, but you know that that first D, the DK1 had you know a lot of flaws and it wasn't something that you could really get in and spend a lot of time in without yeah. you know getting sick. At least that was my experience. <laughs> yeah. Got the DK2. Again, you know, I jumped on that immediately the second it went up. So I, I got one of the early ones shipped shipped to me. I stumbled upon a thing called Sightline the Chair, mm-hmm. which was a demo. I can't remember the guy's name who made it, but it's 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 just the most it's the most simple uh, concept. You basically you put the headset on and then you, you kinda look around. And as you look around, the stuff that the stuff that leaves your cone of vision changes. Mm. And as you look back, it's sort of the slow evolutionary. It's almost like you're wiping the screen as you look around, or you're wiping the environment as you look around. And um, that's cool. You, you know, you start at a desk, and then it kind of goes into this crazy, like, trippy, you know, spacey kind of like environment. And then and then after that, it's like just patches of grass in in, in this black void. And like, oh, there's a patch of grass, and you look back to your left, and there's a bunch more grass, and you look back to your right, and now there's like a whole field of grass, and now, now the entire, and now you're basically in a giant grass field with a blue sky, hmm. and then you know, it just, it just sort of like kept slowly evolving where you were, and it required zero uh, input uh, from a controller, it was just, it was quite literally just you looking around, and um, it was an incredible. Uh, example of playing to the strength of what was currently available now we have positional tracking with the dk2 i'm just going to basically that's that's all i need i'm now going to create a game where or an experience where you just look around and experience different environments and it just was really incredible and it ended in the coolest way where you're up up on a skyscraper, and you fall, and it's just really great. Wow. Very effective.
2: Well, I thought you were going to say it started in 1983, uh, which is where it started for me with Brainstorm. Remember that movie, which was Natalie Wood's last movie with Chris Walken? Have you ever seen that movie? No, I don't think so. Y- you should see it. It's really interesting. It's actually about the scientist, Chris Christopher Walken, who develops a helmet that puts the user in that physical space. And it actually was Natalie Wood's last film. Uh, She didn't complete all of the filming, but she's in about 40% of it. Uh, she huh. she plays his I think his wife. I remember as a kid seeing it because there's all sorts of really interesting phenomena there's one guy who abuses it but because they're pornographic there's a, porno, there's a porno way to do it and a guy like never leaves mm-hmm. his basement it's not tongue in cheek, it's really <laughs> kind of interesting, it, it's amazing and I think cinema has a kind of mixed relationship to it and we could talk a little later about other creators, you know, but I agree with you man, I was in a mall the other day in the Microsoft, uh, like a Microsoft store. I didn't want to leave. That vir- the virtual game they they set up, it's unbelievable and the f- the physical ability to be in that space. It's kind of Hypnotic, and it's an it's a new form of addiction, though, right? I mean, in the sense of in gaming, it's like being in a casino—you forget what time it is. But when you're in that Mm -hmm. world, it's a different sort of mind screw, right? I mean, what is it about that, as experientially, that turns you on? Forget on a storytelling level. What about as an experience level?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's just the transformative nature of it. I mean, like you said. I'm not sure what you played at the at the Microsoft store. Was it the Vive? Do you know?
2: It was the Vive, yeah. It was the Vive.
0: Okay, yeah. The Vive is pretty mind-blowing. It really um, is. I was lucky enough to be able to jump in the Vive right after the week after Valve and HTC announced it at GDC 2016. Wait. Yeah. Wait, no. Anyway, so, so yeah, I was lucky enough to try it a week after they announced it at GDC in 2015, um, up at, up at, at, uh, the Valve headquarters in Seattle. And it blew my mind. I mean, I was already way into VR and I was already, like, you know, brainstorming ideas for games on my, on my notebooks and stuff. And trying that was just like, it was, it was completely transformative. The, the sense of presence. Yeah. Um, being somewhere else. Um, I'd never experienced anything quite that, um, or just that, just to that extent of, of being just transported to another world, and it's the free movement, it's the room scale, it's, it's all that stuff.
2: Well, for the uninitiated, GDC uh, is the Game Developers Conference, which this year's in San Francisco, uh, and is the definitive spot for uh, big announcements. Do you go there? Do you go? Have you been? Um, have they invited you?
0: Yeah, I went last year, um, and then I'm going again this year. But yeah, it's it's. You know, meet a bunch of other developers that are doing VR stuff. Just um, developers in general. Uh, a lot of indie, a lot of indie dev um, meetups there, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a. It's a great place to go and schmooze, you know, <laughs> yeah. not that I'm a big fan of doing that, but, yeah. but and also, also just a lot of me. I mean, this year it's funny because i actually had a lot of meetings and stuff. It, last year was like
2: just fun. I was like running and romping All around. Right. Well, I'm, I'm slightly. Hey, bes-
0: what was the name of that movie again? One more time. Brains. Well, you, Bra- will
2: you the use the word in your answer. It's Brainstorm. 1983. brainstorm. Yeah, let me know what you've seen. You know what it is? It was pre-Lawnmower Man. You know, Lawnmower Man was kind of the next movie that was like, oh, that's VR kind of thing. And you would know Lawnmower Man and Rick and Morty obviously know. My favorite episode is Lawnmower Dog. But anyway. um,
0: I mean, um, I'll tell you, like, I was, was, you know, daydreaming about the concept of what currently exists uh, for us with VR when I was a little kid. I remember... Hmm. There was an arcade in San Francisco on Pier, is it Pier Thirty Nine? Wherever the big pier was, and they had this—I can't remember the name of it—but it was a really old, janky VR game where you would go in to almost like a little boxing ring kind of thing and uh, put this big, giant, heavy helmet on, and it was all laggy. The frame rate was horrible, and it was all vector graphics. Yeah, and there were like dragons flying above you, and it was insane. Um, you know and i remember thinking like oh my god if this if this makes its way uh you know into our homes but you know little did i know it would take so many years for it to actually make that transition but but yeah what, what, i'm looking at pictures of this helmet is
2: it's sick control. man it's really out of control we're, we're speaking with uh Justin Merlin. you know what's interesting one of the reasons i'm so goosebumpy about this topic and to have you on because i actually think vr is 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 following a similar path to filmmaking in this way you know even having you talk about seeing different iterations like almost like a carnival iteration and obviously now they're road showing a lot of these vr uh arcades and VR theaters, and that's kind of what cinema did, right? They had like Nickelodeons where you, you, they would roadshow, and you put your head into the visor and cranked the damn thing. And it's it's the first phenomenon, I think. You know that 's really following the footprint, so I think there 's a lot of verisimilitude in in these two in these two formats um, before, yeah. before we get a little more into the art and I want to talk about the the really cool project uh, you did with Reggie Watts uh, last year this year recently in the last six months i 'm um, always curious about collaborations. What is it like to collaborate with tech tech folk? What is that language like because you 've had to learn this new language really quickly. Um, and it seems like you have what is it like is it is it is it a different sensibility? Can you be more blunt less blunt is it can you be less poetic more poetic? What has been the collaboration uh give and take like
0: um i mean it's 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 very similar to any collaboration you know it's it's step one is just you know hooking up with people that you that you like to be around and that are i i i tend to like to work with people with with little to no ego that are that are super you know collaborative and just fun and just just want to have a good time and make something funny and fun <clears throat> and um there's there's no shortage of those types of folks um on the tech side i mean the first the first like um i guess the first big v r collaboration i did was was with accounting with um, with, with crows,
2: William. crows, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the
0: crows, 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 guys. <laughs> but yeah, like that. That was that was just you know, sensibility wise, we were already on the same page. We, we were mutual admirers of each other's work, and we just got together in Burbank before GDC. We spent four full days just just banging out this thing, and you know, it's 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 very similar to, you know, obviously there's a lot more going on, a lot more moving parts. But, you know, we used to, we used to make cartoons out of my apartment back in, you know, the 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. It was just me and my buddy Savon. You know, I was drawing everything. Savon was keyframing it, running down the hall to record the audio and cutting the audio up, and then, you know, suddenly it's dropped in, and it's like, oh, my God, this is... I know, it's, just, it's, it's the same thing back when we used to make cartoons. um it was like, oh my God, we just finished a scene, let's watch it, let's watch it. Like, okay, <laughs> let's cool. tweak this, let's tweak that, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, it's 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 a similar kind of process. It's all, I mean, it's why I'm drawn to cartoons more so than live action stuff, just because I've always hated call times and locations and, oh. you know, coordinating schedules and all that stuff. Production is a soul, you can kind of,
2: it's a soul crusher. Yeah. Production is a soul, like that physical production crushes your soul. Sorry, man, go on.
0: No, it does, it does. I mean, I mean, and, and in some cases in animation, there are aspects of it, you know, that, that is very different aspects, sure. but sure. they can be rough. But but you're never having to, you know, you always go to the same place. Um, there's never any crazy call times. Um, you're creating everything uh, from, 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 you know, if you're a shut-in like me, like, I, I don't know, I'm kind of a shut-in, I guess. Uh, it's it's a great medium to work in because mm. you don't have to go anywhere to, to, to accomplish anything. Any locations you need or whatever, you can just create.
2: You can create friends. I'm not saying, like, that's in your case, but, <laughs> I, you know, well, it's funny, Ingmar Bergman, when he was a kid, used to create little stage shows. You know, his family, I'm not saying this is a reflection of your upbringing, but his upbringing was really dramatic, and he isolated himself in that world. And it's interesting. There is a sort of reflection in, in how it suits us, the sort of path we take. I want to talk a little bit about accounting, though, uh, not the profession, thankfully, but uh, the game. The game, and I think that's the word I'm struggling with. It's, I think one of the steepest learning curves for the user is what are they? Are they an audience? Are they a user? Is this a game? Is there an end game? Is this an experience? It's like, you know what I think, when Epcot Center first happened, people are like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, this is, I loved Epcot Center because I hate heights, but it's really experiential. You know, it wasn't Disney World. You know, it wasn't Toad's Wild Ride. So I think one of the things, like VR to me is like looking at a statue. You walk around it, you experience it. it doesn't always have the ticking clock, but I think this is a challenge, or do you see it as an opportunity in terms of getting that subtext in your favor?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the way to look at VR is, you know, is how exper- experimental can we be? You know, we're we're in the very early days of VR, so everyone, I mean, you can make a gamey game in VR, and it would totally... Still be an incredible experience and work great. Um, I think, like, Space Pirate Trainer is a good example of that, or uh, even something like Vanishing Realms, which kind of has, like, some RPG elements built into it. it, it those, those are both fantastic experiences on the Vive. Um, I wouldn't and, leave and, my it, house,
2: dude. Yeah. I would never leave my house. I would want to yeah, live I mean, in it, that world. It's amazing.
0: It's it's incredible. It's really incredible. And and it's... It, certainly is the next step, the next evolution in, in consuming content. Is, is you know actually being able to be there um, and look around and look up at the sky and, and all that stuff. But um, but I think um, exper- experiment it, like like when you have something like accounting, you know it's not a game. It is more of an experience. It's it's something that you know you'll play through maybe once, twice. You know if you want to kind of go back through and try to just wait and listen and. You know try to hear every every absurd um <laughs> improv you know bit of dialogue or whatever yeah. and there's a few easter eggs in there and stuff to find but like for the most part it's 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 you know it's more of a narrative i guess kind of like an interactive narrative experience um yeah really like putting you in spaces with bizarre characters that are screaming at you and and how does that make you feel to be shouted at and and to not really know what's going on and uh, um it's a bit of an Alice in Wonderland vibe in that you kind of keep going deeper and deeper into the madness um but um but it's it's not a game you know and, right. and I think I think right. that's okay I think right now it, you know as long as content creators um harness the medium and play to the strengths of the hardware that they're working on um anything they make as long as it's as long as they're having fun making it and and they're being true to to just the creative spirit and and not you know not being blinded by you know thinking about you know any you know any monetary stuff or whatever i mean all, all that stuff comes in later and you know
2: it's, it's, I think it's, that's it's, the low-hanging That's the low hanging fruit, you know. I mean, I'm sure Vegas is going to attach themselves to this. There are going to be other, you know, sl- <laughs> I could see some weird, like, form of gambling. Atta- you know, like, I could see that other stuff. That's not as interesting to me. And it's, you know, I, I think what you're doing is super interesting. you speaking with Justin Roiland, and it actually reminded me, I did a chat with um, Paul Haggis not too long ago, and we were talking about VR, and he said, you know, as a writer, I don't even know how to write yet for VR and he he said that like he's really inspired what about as a narrative storyteller i mean i think you're a storyteller and I've heard, i i know in terms of approaching games and approaching you know you i hate that word i think it's overused storytelling but it seems like story points you know are important to you in your work and i think Rick and Morty is really point it's epic based like it's 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 episodic but it's very narrative and it's in its stitching are you wrestling with that too like in terms of a you know a hero's journey or you know a sort of again some sort of screenplay trope or screenwriter trope or are, are you feel like no. you're, you're chiseling away at it or you feel like it's still you're still I mean yeah.
0: you know it it depends on the experience i mean i feel like you know if you look at something like accounting I don't. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to sort of map that to a Joseph Campbellian, <laughs> yes. you know, story circle because yes. it's not really There isn't really one there. It's kind of more just madness and 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 there's some really fun interactivity and it's also just being transported to those worlds and you know there's a little bit of there's some connective there's some there's some dots that are connected and stuff as you come back up but um, but ultimately there's not really a, a really strong narrative. I mean, you couldn't. Extrapolate that into, you know, in, in like a TV pilot or a movie, it's it's very much you know exists uh, for the medium it was made for. I, I think I think um, anybody who's interested in VR, I think it's it's combining, you know, interesting gameplay with interesting narration, you know, interesting narrative that doesn't have, necessarily have to follow the traditional. Film and TV narrative model, which which I, you know, which I think is has has been sort of you know tried and true for for I mean, geez, forever. I don't know, like yeah, you know, the,
2: the, yeah, I,
0: the I, hero's journey and all that stuff.
2: I, I think Robert McKee. I don't know if he's gonna like have a heart attack or if he's gonna write a new book. You're in a different petri dish as well. You did this really cool. Um, Uh, project uh, reggie watts was involved in um it was sort of i guess a sort of avatar based town hall based uh alt space vr created it for you how would you describe it it's really cool and interesting Reggie's done it a bunch of times yeah Um, i I know he's doing a lot with that yeah yeah he he's
0: he's he's done a bunch of great shows he he um he we hung out and we hung out at um in Seattle, uh, during PAX, he was there for Bumbershoot oh, cool. and we, we, we spent, um, we spent a day together just, just hanging out and it was, we had a blast. That was the first time I really got to meet him and, um, we'd been talking, but yeah. And, uh, and then at, and then we, you know, both obsessed with VR and just blown away by it and what's possible. And, um, and then, you know, I had met with the Altspace folks prior to that, and he'd been working with them doing shows in Altspace. And I was actually at his first show, I was in the front row in the VIP room so and my mic wasn't working, but I remember I was on my knees and I was clipping through the stage and he kept, he kept like a reference. He kept talking to me and <laughs> I couldn't respond. Um, but, uh, but anyways, so yeah, so we teamed up and did one and it was, it's so bizarre because I was at home in my, in my house and he was at his house. And then we were, we were sort of in this really cool map that they made, which was like a Halloween location. And, You know, there was a stage in the barn, and we kind of started there, and then it kind of just, it kind of just, like... (laughs) We just started, it went
2: off the rails know, there, there, in a really cool way. It went
0: way off the rails. Yeah, it was just, but it, but none of that was really rehearsed or planned.
2: We didn't know. So Shocking. Like, well, what, what should we do? And <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, I mean, it was like we we just kind of said, I don't know, let's let's just let's just go in there and see what happens. And it was really cool. Um, you couldn't have asked two for those of you guys listening. Like you couldn't have asked for two more perfect protagonists. I mean, this thing was the definition of pear shaped, and it was perfect. Uh, you guys <laughs> handled it really well. I mean, Reggie. For those of you who don't know Reggie, you, I mean, to see his. work... Work as a performer there's no one else doing what he's doing I mean that's again an aside but I thought you guys handled it in its way like what you're watching it thinking these guys are responding as we would resp- like what it, we're, we're trying to make sense of this I thought it was great it was unscripted and just perfect it was really cool really yeah cool.
0: it was a lot of fun was, yeah um, they were incredibly accommodating you know they, they brought the um, perception neuron suit which was what I was wearing to get the full body movement oh, that's um, wild man and they put Threw me in that thing, and I got to do it at my house. It was it was super super fun, and 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 uh I really i am fond of all the folks over there at Alt Space and what they're doing. And and you know, this the thing that's going to get insane with VR because like getting back to sort of narrative stuff. I mean, yeah. John Favreau did the um gnomes and goblins and gnomes. Yeah,
1: I yeah. think is what it's called. Right? Yeah.
0: And um, you know, again, that that's that. That is a form of of a narrative, you know. It's like you're sort of making friends with this little creature, you know. And you're figuring out, okay, how can I, how can I show this little creature I mean it no harm? And hmm. it's a very short experience, and I'm really hoping that there's a lot more to come. But you know, part of the strength of VR is that you're not really, you don't have to worry so much about. And this is this applies to video games in general, I, I suppose. It's like you're not, you don't have to worry so much about. Um, you know amazing dialogue between characters and i mean that's right. stuff all that 's all great that 's all that 's all like you know gravy on top um, you know or frosting on a cake or whatever as long as you 've got something really compelling and with v r even more so because you know you 're trans 're transporting players to other worlds other places, and to me, the most important or the the thing that I crave the most in v r is the ability to explore like I just mm. want to explore worlds mm. and um, and the richer those worlds are, the more satisfying the exploration is. So I suppose that's where world building and narrative kind of come in, where you're like, okay, here's a really cool map, or here's a really cool location, and the player can explore from here to there and from there to here. And um, Now now let's fill it with, with, with characters to talk to you and with things to find mm-hmm. and with potential quests and whatnot, you know, w- whatever you can do. Um and what? that's when you get into the writing and, you know, the the narrative side of it. But well, you, you already have people won over if, if the locations are really cool.
2: There's two other types of reality experiences going on now that I think are really interesting. One, musicians are all over this space now. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Run the Jewels did this really cool video called Crown. I don't know if you've seen any of the virtual reality videos
0: um, um i've seen the stuff that tyler Heard has has done um old friend and chocolate i haven't seen the run the jewels one though
2: it's a ama- it's really amazing and actually someone who i wouldn't have pictured doing this ray Montaigne, did one that puts you in the middle of a dance floor and you kind of are just freaking out along with the sights and sounds which shocked me but what why do you think that would work? This all these molecules would work well in in those kind of environments, like music video. Why do you, are musicians doing it to be innovative, or do you think this is kind of a really cool application of VR? And- I,
0: I think a lot of creative people are drawn to this medium because. Yeah. It is just, it's just so insane to be, again, it's that transformative, I mean, here's the thing, you know, just based off of what I've seen from Tyler Hurd, he's a programmer, uh, uh, or I guess technically an animator, kind of jack of all trades, because he also does programming and stuff, but he worked at Double Fine for many years okay. on um, a bunch of games for them, and, and now he's, he's sort of, you know, he he's, he's gaining momentum doing music videos in VR, specifically oh, cool. for the HTC Vive. Oh, cool. And... The first one he did is is uh, is one called "Old Friend," um, and it's 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 an incredible experience. It's you know it's the length of a song, but it's one of those things that you know a lot of people who have played a handful of Vive things, a lot of people I show the Vive to, that's their favorite thing, and they want to just go in again and again and again. And his new one, "Chocolate," is absolutely insane, um, and it's it's basically you know short form you know music video it, you get to enjoy the music and then there's just all kinds of insanity happening around you oh,
1: cool. um
0: his i mean his second one almost feels like an acid trip i mean it's just it's just it's just nuts but um i think i think it lends itself really well to music because you know first of all music videos the traditional you know music videos they're kind of a dead medium i mean it's sad there's some still on youtube i guess you know But um, we don't have the MTV that we used to have. Right.
2: It's kind of a cult... As you say, there's no expectation of a music video anymore, so you can experiment yeah. with it. You know, there's there's not a like a network mentality up against it. So in a way, it's a, a, maybe this is kind of the answer. It's a free time to play with these spaces. You know, music videos are becoming more political and more pointed, and as you say, maybe more technological. Bjork is is doing some really cool stuff with VR uh, and music videos. Adams of Peace, Cigar Rose you know, you too, for Christ's sakes. Um, but I, mean, again-
0: I hope everybody does. I- I, I was I was really hoping, um, you know, there was a, there was a brief moment where there might have been this really amazing portal for VR music videos that I was going to sort of be helping with, and that kind of vanished. Um, I, and somebody's going to do it at some point, you know. It'll be led by the by the big music management companies, I'm, I would assume. But um, to me, that's the future of music videos is being able to log in to. Some portal, you know, I don't know what it'll be. Music videos, Alliance, who knows what it's going to be called. Obviously, money is a big deal, you know, um, to those folks. But, like, it'd be amazing to be able to log into some awesome portal and then have access to, you know, all your favorite artists and whatever amazing interactive or potentially non-interactive but transformative music experiences that you can you can just go play play with over and over. Maybe you have to buy them. I don't know what it's going to look like in terms of, you know, revenue, but, um, but <laughs> yes. God, it, it's, I hope it's the future of a music video because it's pretty damn amazing.
2: I could see that wave like Michelle Gondre and Jonathan Glazer and, you know, really cool, innovative visual people. But I think you're a visual writer, you know, not to get too in the thicket of that. I mean, I think your work, you know, even John, I was being with John Crickfalusi, but, you know, Adam, and we've had Adam Reed on the show and jackson public and you know i think the the adult swim generation you guys are great visual writers so i think it's really a cool hand in glove uh it has mike lasso talked about vr at all have is, is anyone in the correct? oh yeah yeah William, williams yeah, no, I mean, like williams street and those I guys
0: thought, yeah i mean i i was i was i was when i man when i first tried the vibe and i came back from seattle I, could, I I was insane. I mean, I was like a, a like a, a new convert to some insane religion. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yes. I was trying to get everybody I could to try it. I was inviting people over at a nonstop sort of just revolving door of, of friends and anyone I could get to come over and try it <laughs> Well, you had the, I got my dev kit.
2: You had the dev kit set up in the house, the, the Vive dev kit, right, in your house. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I had
0: it early. I had it really early, you know, bef- before it came out. And I had a bunch of dev uh, demos that I had been... I'd just been reaching out to different uh, developers saying, hey, can I get a key to your, to your demo or can I get a key to what you're working on? I'll I'll, I'll provide any feedback. And, you know, um, a lot of them are really cool about that. And so... Um, and then you know, of course, I'd ask before I showed anybody, like you know, can I show so and so your your thing or, or not or whatever. But yeah, I, I flew to Atlanta um, along with the Alchemy Lab guys, Alex. Or actually, it was just me and Alex Schwartz, and and Harmon went met us there, and we we put Lazo in the in the vibe for the first time, and he like, cause, and we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Like, is he gonna is he gonna flip out? Right. Is he gonna get it? <laughs> is he gonna love it? and he 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 absolutely lost his shit. I mean, he was fucking in love with it. Yeah. And uh and he went you know, he he played it regularly and he was showing he was doing the same thing I was doing for a while where you know, people would come to visit William Street and he would throw him in the vibe. Um and yeah, and we 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 went there to show Lazo the Vive and to kind of show him what it's capable of and then to pitch a Rick and Morty VR game right. which um which ultimately got greenlit and um you know, we're 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 working away on it right now. You know, and I think, I you know, th- those guys are really super forward thinking and on the forefront of stuff like this. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more that comes out of Adult Swim games, um, you know, for VR.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Down the road.
2: Yeah, I was thinking, is there a kind of channel 101 for the VR set? You know, you. For those of you who don't know Channel 101, I'm not going to give you the brief definition. Go online, look up Justin Roiland, Channel 101. You'll basically see the history, uh, one strand of the history of Yeah, cha- you can go to
0: Channel101.com. Right, go channel to their f- – f- what about a
2: Channel 102? You know, what about – are we are we at a place in terms of the, the, de- the democracy of the technology? Is it a little too early to to think everyone can DIY VR and say, hey, let's do a Channel 102 pitch VR to you? Or are we not quite there yet?
0: You know, it's a super interesting idea. I mean, you know, all things considered, you could do a monthly sort of, you know, Channel 101-esque VR kind of experience. I suppose it would be, kind of, it almost would be more of a funnier or die kind of thing, where it's like, right, right. you know, you create some kind of platform and the audience knows, you know, on this date, all the new content is due. And then on the subsequent date after that, all the new content will be available for all users to come on and vote. And basically, yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. I mean, because at that point, it's like, look, these these experiences, you know, I'm assuming it probably would be Unity um, as an engine, because that tends to be what most folks are using uh, for a lot of the stuff that's real quick. But... um Yeah, it's like you'd know you'd be warned ahead of time. Like, hey, like some of these some of these experiences could be really buggy, you know.
2: I think that's you know the nature of science, man. You know, I think that would be really super cool. And and if you ever want to corral that, I'd be happy to send people from you know Gus Van Sant to Spike to Michelle you know, into this, I think it, it could be a really cool phenomenon because I think the big brain... It's, it's one of those things where, you know, people are reverse engineering this. I'll give you an example. Like Spielberg for many years thought this was a boring form of innovation. Now he's making... A, a, a VR experience. Um, Alejandro Inuritu is actually doing something really interesting with this. I don't know if you'd heard. He's making a narrative about people crossing the border from Mexico into the US. I don't know if you'd heard that. Wow. And I guess yeah. in, in the other trope, and then I want to end on really some quick editors and let you go, is the documentary world, man. Can you imagine this? Forget the synthetic feel of a synthetic world, but to place someone in someone else's empathy, like their world world, like, like a war-torn world, I'm going to tell you my cause. My cause is Syria, and I'm going to bring you there. With, I mean, that. forget the synthetic elements. That would be my—documentary mind- should hook into this, like, you know, white on rice. I mean, this would be really cool on that level as well.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, actual, you know, 360-degree film or even 180-degree, whatever, just VR film filmmaking documentary making that, that that's that's a whole other yeah um certainly. super interesting uh you know possibility with vr it's it, somebody needs to kind of create the rule book on that you know in terms yeah. of like i think i think that stuff works best with 180 seated um i don't know how well it works with room scale um but you know you could you could definitely trans, transport people all over the world and and put them in places that they may never physically visit themselves and uh it's pretty powerful stuff. I know Felix and Paul at the studio that does a lot of um, live-action stuff. It's pretty phenomenal. I- I've seen a few of their movies, and those are kind of nomadic, you know, National Geographic kind of, you know, ex- explorative um, experiences. And- I'm pretty sure that you can get those on the Samsung Gear, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to say that they're available on the Vive. I hope they are. Um, but I'm sure they're available on Oculus and all that stuff. I
2: want I want to be pretty the Anthony. I want to be the Anthony Bourdain of the VR world. Can you make that happen, <laughs> dude? No, <laughs> yeah. talk about no no boundaries, uh, no no reservations. Quick hitters, and then we'll let you go, man. Thank you. We've been with Justin Roiland. He's given us far too much of his time. He's a busy man. Um, uh, would you ever direct a film with physical people and real actors and stuff? Would you ever direct a movie?
0: Um, I, 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 I guess never say never. I, I, I would, I would if it was the right thing or if it was something that, you know, that I, I felt very passionate about. Um, but you know, I, I, I'd probably just as likely be, be more interested in partnering with somebody who was really, really passionate about directing and 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 collaborate with them on something. Uh,
2: what about Zardoz too? I mean, there's a really cool Zardoz reference <laughs> in Raising Gazorpazorp. Like, that's when I knew yeah. Rick and Morty was here to stay. Um, you know, we we asked Adam Reed this, and I meant this with great respect to him, and I mean this with equal respect to you. Um, can a show go on for too long, a TV show? You know, I asked him that about Archer, and he, you know, we were talking about In, in the Light of the Simpsons, I and mean, the Simpsons is in year 40,000 right now. And, yeah. you know, obviously Rick and Morty is, is still a baby, a toddler? But do you think about that? You know, with Rick and Morty, do you think about like the path, or are you kind of still just enjoying, or at least experimenting? I mean,
0: I, here's what's weird: is <clears throat> on one hand, I think a show can go on too long in in that if the people behind it, or the people that bring life to the show, are are exhausted, or it, it feels a burden to make um and the love is lost and it's sort of uh just going through the motions kind of a thing then then you know that that might be that might be uh worth considering like okay why are we doing this is it for the money is it for the you know what maybe it's time to pack it in but on the other side can you imagine a world without the simpsons i mean people say like yeah the simpsons isn't as good it's kind of shitty but you know nowadays but like I, it it's almost frightening to me the idea of living in a in a post simpsons world it just it just feels weird and different same same can be said for a show like saturday night live like you know imagine if we found out saturday saturday night live is getting canceled um it, it would just be bizarre i mean i felt that way about letterman you know when letterman yeah. um yeah. uh finished it was like it felt like like we were crossing into a sort of a, a weird new um reality you know and and, and i love Stephen colbert like immensely so uh not knocking him at all but it's it's just just that phenomenon of like you know i haven't ever not known a world where there wasn't a uh, david letterman you know late show um you know so i don't know it's weird it's almost like comfort you know it's like the simpsons i think represents a a sort of comfort or just familiarity um Yeah. yeah It, but but uh, it's the yeah, yeah. it's
2: the it's the dual edge of of innovation. You know, you need a vacuum to change, and but that vacuum sucks. I like that. It, it totally does. And I I, honestly,
0: I I would love. You know what I would love if if The Simpsons just got super experimental. If they were like, you know what, it, we're on season, like you said, forty thousand. Let's just let's just like let's just bring in a bunch of young crazy writers, and let's just you know as long as we pass S and P. And legal clearance. (laughs) Let them do whatever they want to do, and let's just let's just break the Simpsons. I mean, what's what are they going to fire them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: you're going to fire the Simpsons.
0: I mean, let's just tell insane stories. (laughs) Like, like let's just go off the rails with the Simpsons and just see what happens and see how people react to it. Because, you know, what do you what do you stand to lose? I mean, you're. At this point, you, you you beat the game. Like you got, you got <laughs> yeah, all rich. You're, you're, you know the the, pen, the penitent are, man like, passed. Yeah,
2: it's like you know the <laughs> the penitent man definitely passed. Yeah. Uh, w- yeah. One last question, which should have been the first question, but then it would have been the whole conversation. I'm just slightly obsessed with this. Your show has. I, they're not even Easter eggs, man. What the whatever the opposite of Easter eggs? It's like they're tattoos. You have a lot of movie tattoos on Rick and Morty. Um, what do movies still do well? So that's the question, in the sense of. Would could movies go away? You know, what do movies for you... I know this is a, a longer answer, but you could be as pithy as you want. What do movies still do well for, for like, a modern creator like you and the, who the kids love? Like, what do movies and, still know, do well?
0: I mean, it's crazy because I was just having a conversation about this the other day. What movies still do is they they, they can, when they're firing on all cylinders and doing doing everything right, they can... They can you know tell an incredible narrative with a within a fairly punchy short amount of time incredibly powerful moving narrative um, you know or just distract you from the you know banality of of actual life existence or potential you know sorrow whatever you're going through you can kind of escape it for an hour and a half or whatever but lately, I feel like the real innovative storytelling has been happening. Um, you know, with the, with the television medium, you know, like with the Netflix shows and HBO has always been making incredible stuff. And I don't know, it's just crazy. It's like TV is kind of exploding um, with just fantastic stuff. Um, do,
2: do you consider Rick and Morty part of the spectrum of television? And I'm, I say that, I point that at you as, as a, I'm not cynical, but if if we took a cynical view of the, of the modern world of TV, is Rick and Morty TV content?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, just in that it's on, it's on television, it's made for television, <laughs> and but, it's probably. But I Yeah, sorry. I would never. Like, I don't, I don't think of that when I think of when, with the, with all the compliments I'm throwing. I
2: know you don't, and that's uh, why I said that to yeah. you because I'm thinking this man doesn't realize he does TV. <laughs> But, yeah. but, but it's a weird word. But we may even need a new word. You know, put this on your list of homework. Like, we don't even watch it on TV anymore. I think, the, you know, it's like no, what, it's words like music video and words like TV. Every time we have a guest from those worlds, I wonder if we need new words. Um, you know, but you're literally polymathematic, my friend. And I want to thank you for being with us. And next time we do this, hopefully we can do it in person and, and talk a little more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, man.
2: No, really appreciate it. No, and oh, one last great question: conversation. Is he going to get out of jail? I mean, we left him in jail season two. <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm not saying anything. Okay, that that you just you. I I I got all subtext on that. Hey, man, Justin, thanks <laughs> thanks so much, man. We'll keep watching, and best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Be well. I was watching Wally the other day, and uh, I was thinking that there's that really cool. Se- it's a great film, and there's a really fun sequence near the end where he's searching uh, while he's searching for Eva, 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 I think. And he goes to that world uh, center and sees all these obese people. And, you know, wonder one thing we didn't get on with Justin. And uh, I, I think to myself, you know, what does, what will virtual reality reality do to our inertia as human beings? I think that film tells a really kind of fun tale. There's a really cute little moment where a character is deciding with his friend what to do over the weekend, and uh, one of them says, let's go hit some virtual golf balls. And uh, the other friend says, oh, we did that last weekend. (laughs) So I guess we'll, you know, the virtual, every world, you know, plateaus in the sense of every... Every kind of form media form has plateaued I, music is probably the only one that as uh, has the longest you know and if we think of music as as an as a byproduct of sound so sound sound stimulation uh, notes in air and space have not plateaued now, again plateau does is. what is the difference between plateauing and leading to something else you know all these forms lead to something else but I do think because we're in an age now where technology is such high level it, it demands a high level of curiosity and and leads to a high level of spectacle we are getting closer to wondering when, when does it come full circle? When does it meet our world, our, our day-to-day world? Uh, I urge you as a bit of homework here from the Modern School of Film and from Murmur, read uh, Philip K. Dick's uh, We Can uh, Remember It For You Holes- Wholesale, which was the original source material for Total Recall. Paul Verhoeven, so I'm not going to talk about the second one. But uh, read it. It's 22 pages, actually. The source material is very short. Read it. Uh, 1966, it was released. And, you know, again, that's a form of entertainment, as uh, literature. But Dick Philip K. Dick is someone we reference a lot here because we tend to like Blade Runner around here, another Philip K. Dick child. So there have been cynics among us for many years about what this increased technology will do. And what it won't do, and what it'll lead to, and what to uh, what our fear of it is, but it's coming, and maybe virtual reality is the beginning. I want to thank um, Justin Royland for being here with us today. You can watch Rick and Morty anytime you please online. It's a really great show, it's a really well written uh, show. You can listen to us every week on LP Hillsboro. You can listen to us via iTunes, Murmur Radio, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. Stitcher is really the future, as we know. We're going to be in Boston in a couple of weeks, March 1st with Glenn Hansard. ModernSchoolFilm.com for tickets for Glenn Hansard. We'll see you again. See you every week on Murmur.